Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Seven ways to be more courageous. To get those hard things done. To get yourself uncomfortable. To challenge yourself to grow. To eat those frogs. Um, and to face those demons, whether it's in your personal life or your business life. Now, I'm going to cover seven specific and very different things. I think the first and most important thing to mention is to define what courage is. Because you see a lot of people on the internet talking about bravery um, and, and courage, you know, the, the courage to be disliked and how putting yourself out there on social media is brave. Well, look, I don't want to be uh, too direct and, and forgive me if you think I'm being bold here. But, um, you know, our grandfathers fought wars. You know, they died for our generation and they had to face death square on in the face. And if you're not posting on social media because you're worried about someone criticizing you, then I think maybe your definition of bravery and, and courage maybe has got a bit of um, first world. You know, they say first world problems. You know, I believe, for example, that overwhelm is a first world problem. Oh, no, I've got too many ideas. I've got too many opportunities. You know, it seems somewhat ironic. So I think the first thing we need to do, uh, and someone has just posted here, these are not my words, but this is what someone has posted, snowflakes. Now, look, I don't really use that word because everybody's got a story. Uh, and, you know, your pain is real to you. Your past and your history, and, and, and might I be so bold as to say your baggage, that is your story. Uh, and, and your pain isn't any less because you're not fighting a war or, you know, facing death. I understand that. You know, I know that things happened to me when I was young, which, to be honest, they're not as bad as many people I've um, spoken to. It's not like there was abuse or murder or rape or anything like that, which a lot of people, they have had to experience that in, in their youth, in their childhood. And, you know, I think those people are very brave and very courageous. But here's the thing. It's often our past, our baggage, the things we were holding on to, the things that happened when we were younger. It's those things that are um, stopping us from moving forward and, and getting uncomfortable and stepping up and standing out. So I kind of want to honour that and say, look, I hear you and I'm going to cover these seven ways to be more courageous and more brave. But I also just want to encourage you to contextualise what courage and bravery is, because our grandfathers would probably be chuckling at us. You reckon it's brave to put a post on social media? Come on, I die for you. And actually, I think that um, thought process can really help you contextualise what you're scared about or what you're putting off. 
Because often being courageous and brave is just doing the hard things first and it's um, doing now what you've been putting off. Okay, so here are the seven things I think that can really help you. Number one is ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? And then actually physically plan for worst case scenario. So my business partner, he likes to do this. One, because he likes to plan. He likes to be sure. He doesn't like shocks and surprises. I don't know if you can relate to anything. Um, You know, a lot of people who really struggled in this lockdown, they're like, I can't plan. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I need control. Um, And, you know, a lot of people, that's what they need to be able to move forward. So if that's you, then you simply make a plan for worst case scenario. And then if you've got a plan B, C, D for worst case and you've figured out the worst thing that could happen, then you can move forward probably with a bit more faith and belief and less fear. You know, I have a lot of um, property investors that follow me and they're worried about putting offers in. And I guess somehow they must think that um, the estate agent's going to go, stop everyone, walk out onto the street. Rob's just put a low offer in. He's an idiot. You know, like, let's all shoot him. And then they're going to post on social media and out me. Rob's an idiot. He put a low offer in. Unfollow him. Uh, You know, let's, let's stone him alive in front of everyone. Let's do a public execution. I remember when I um, was single and I used to really worry about and and wish for um, and think over and over about approaching um, girls. So, you you know, I was pretty picky back then, I will say this. But, you know, if there was a girl out in the bar um, and and she was, for me, a standout, I'd really want to approach her. Really, really, really want to, but I didn't have the balls. And what I would imagine in my head would happen when I would think about it is I'd approach her, I'd say hi, and she'd say, everyone stop, DJ, turn the music off, this psycho's stalking me, this psycho's stalking me, bouncers, get him out. And all I would do is imagine in my mind, like worst, 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 worst case scenario, total fear, exposed. When in reality, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to look at you a bit funny and go, no, no thanks. Uh, the worst that the estate agent's going to do is go, uh, that's a bit of a piss take, that's, that offer, you should up it. So often your doomsday thinking makes it seem a lot worse. And you do need courage and bravery to stand up for that kind of ridicule, but you rarely if ever get that kind of ridicule. So um, tick off the worst case scenarios, make a plan for them, move on. The second thing you can do to be more brave and courageous is just imagine how you'll feel afterwards. So let me ask you this. Have you had a hard challenge? or faced something really difficult, a bit of a demon, and then defeated it, or realized it wasn't that bad after all, and then felt amazing afterwards. So give me a yes if that's the case, or if you're listening to me on audio, just give me a yes in your mind. Or look at a random stranger and smile and go, yes, I have! (laughs) What's the worst that could happen? So I like to think, how will I feel afterwards? I don't want to edit this book. Um, You know, I don't want to have this difficult conversation. But I know that afterwards, I will feel a lot better. And I've had to have some very hard conversations as of late. And for me, conflict is not my most favoured thing. I had to learn conflict because I realised if I couldn't handle conflict, I was just never going to be a successful entrepreneur. So it's kind of learned within me and not raised or born within me. But I always think, how will I feel afterwards? Get it done. How will I feel afterwards? Get it done. You're procrastinating over going to the gym. Well, you know you're going to feel great after you've been to the gym. So when you imagine and even try and feel how you'll feel afterwards, that'll give you more courage and bravery to do the hard things, to eat the frog and to get it done first and early. Actually, this isn't in my top seven, but I'm going to put this in. Get it done early, get it done first, get it done fast. Anything that you're worrying about, you're putting off, you're scared of, get it done early, get it done first, get it done fast. Wesley has said here, good question, actually. I'll come to number three in a moment. 
How do you learn conflict? Well, you face it. Instead of backing off, hiding away, shying away, um, avoiding conflict, because you can go your whole life avoiding conflict, except what happens? You've got internal conflict. There's always going to be conflict. It's external or internal. You choose. Because if you avoid external conflict, what do you do? Your your self-worth goes down. You feel uh, weak, vulnerable. You bottle it all up. You become passive aggressive. You kind of store it, store it, store it. And then you have this massive meltdown. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a thing that you can learn to do by facing it. And you can do that slowly and gently by um, taking steps towards uh, dealing with conflict situations. Now, by the way, like I said, oftentimes they don't end up as conflict. Like, you know, um, challenging someone, pushing back on them, setting a boundary. You're worried about how they'll react. Oh, my goodness me. They might push me back. They might out me. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. And he sources the higher end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him. I've used him for many years and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. You know, they might um, have a massive go at me. Have you ever had an argument with someone in your head? And now you definitely need to give me a yes on this one because I know we've all played, you know, like a full movie in our mind, an argument with someone in our head, whether someone's cut us up on the, on the road and we're shouting and screaming at them in our head or we're worried about conflict or a situation that's sticky or difficult and we're just going over and over and over and over and over it. That's another good reason why deal with it first, Deal with it early and deal with it fast because then you stop all those conversations in your head. So you learn to deal with conflict by having clear boundaries and knowing that anything uh, beyond that you just won't stand for. And if they don't like it, that's fine. You respect their um, uh, difference in boundaries and values, but you're not going to stand for that. You practice dealing with conflict in a more elegant way, in a non-confrontational way. I don't know if any of you watched or listened to my interview with Pablo Escobar's first real son, Juan Pablo, also known as um, Sebastian. And he said, you know, I'm on a mission for peace. And his conflict is through peace, not war. And I thought that's a really elegant, persuasive, warm way of dealing with conflict. Just so you know, um, getting better at dealing with conflict isn't just picking scraps and having fights with people. I just don't think that's the right kind of conflict. I mean, it's dealing with challenging situations that push your buttons and uh, bring up some of your baggage and your pain. Um, and push your boundaries. Okay, cool. So um, the third thing then uh, to deal with um, having more bravery and more courage in life and business is to commit and get it done because the commitments that you make to yourself that you get done will increase your self-worth. The commitments to yourself that you break will reduce your self-worth. So make a commitment to yourself and get it done. Make a promise to yourself and get it done. Set a boundary and keep the wall there, you know, stand firm. 
And then your self-worth will increase. You will feel proud of yourself. You will feel stronger. And then that will train this muscle of setting commitments and getting them done, setting commitments and getting them done. Um, and I think something that people do a lot, um, I don't know if you've um, read a book, I think it was, was it Mel Robbins? I forget, I might have just given her some promotion, it's not even her book, but that's cool. Um, it, I think it's called The Five Second Rule. Um, but I remember learning, I was really scared of approaching women and I was single and I didn't want to be lonely. And I remember reading a couple of books, you know, on how to be good with women. I know it's really embarrassing I have to read books on it, but it wasn't a natural skill born into my um, mentality. It wasn't in my DNA. And I remember one of these dating experts or whatever used to say the three second rule um, about approaching and talking to people. Um, and by the way, I'm nervous or definitely used to be very nervous and worried about just approaching people at networking events for business propositions or just to chat and exchange business cards. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything um, to do with intimate relationships, but that would scare me as well. And so the three second rule is um, in the first three seconds, when you have an opportunity to go and talk to someone, just go talk to them. Because three seconds is not enough time to talk yourself out of it. But what do you do? You talk yourself out of it. You justify, you create reasons, objections. I mean, people create excuses, illnesses. They attract chaos into their life just as a story and a cover and an excuse not to go and do the thing that they find hard. Yeah. And, you know, that's very complicated. You know, they have secondary gain out of being ill and being a victim so that they can gain a load of sympathy so they can actually avoid dealing with their difficult situation. So remember that three second rule. Doubt starts to come in. You know, you've got to do it. Pick up the phone, make the telesales call. Pick up the phone, do the customer service call with an irate, angry customer and sort it out. Um, go and approach the person you'd like to ask out on a date. You don't even have to ask them out on a date. You don't even have to think about what you want to say to them. You just approach them and go, hi. <laughs> All right, number four then. This is huge, 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 huge when it comes to courage and bravery. And that is not worrying about what people think about you. I think this is one of the biggest things. Um, I think if you have the courage to be disliked and you understand that you have a unique set of values, which means that someone on the planet has an opposing set of values, which means what you stand for, someone will stand against simultaneously. And no matter who you are, people will hate about you, what's great about you, regardless of whether um, it's great. Um, and, you know, I've given money to charity and people have criticised me for that. I mean, how does that work? Um, so... Uh, I think if you understand that people will hate you anyway, people will challenge you anyway, they'll criticize you anyway, you cannot stop it. It is a force of nature. The purpose of a critic is to give you feedback, to keep you balanced, to pull you off from your perch when you get complacent or arrogant, to keep you in service and humility. That is the purpose of a critic. So if you worry about what people think about you all of the time, then you'll never go out there and do those things that are hard and challenging. You'll never push yourself to grow. You'll never get uncomfortable. But when you can detach from what other people might think about you, by the way, just let's be clear on this. I'm not saying just do what you want, when you want, regardless of the consequences. That's a different thing. But I'm talking about, um, you know, what you stand for, what's high on your values, what is part of your mission and your message um, and, and difficult, challenging situations you've got to have. Lawsuit, lawsuits, trademarks, um, defamation, dealing with difficult clients, you know, launching a product and service and pushing it out to the market and, you know, selling and all this kind of stuff. You have to just detach the fact that um, it doesn't matter what people think. Some people love me. Some people hate me. It's all part of the game. If you can let go of what people think about you, that is huge. And you know, courage and bravery won't even be a word to you because it will just be a norm. You will just put yourself out there and, and be on message and on mission. Hi, it's Rob here, interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand-selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. 
So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts for any training that we might run, not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a, a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anythings. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. Okay, point five then. Oh, by the way, if you're finding this useful, please will you share it? People are always saying to me, um, you know, Rob, look, um, I want you to give good content. And um, I think that uh, content is about voting with your feet, which means if you like content, you need to watch it and you need to share it. And I got a bit of feedback on Pablo Escobar's apparent second son who I interviewed um, a couple of weeks ago. And a load of people were saying, oh, what a joke. It wasn't proper interview or other. There wasn't proper content or whatever. But they all watched it and they loved it. And they love talking about it. So um, you can't blame me for giving you content like that if everyone watches it, but then I give you really good deep dive content and you don't watch so many. So yeah, I mean, on the debrief from the, set, the first interview I did with Pablo Escobar's apparently fraud son, according to Pablo Escobar's first son, Juan Pablo, on the live I did afterwards in the evening, I had three times as many people on the live as I do now. Um, and I think this is hardcore content. So you need to share the content that you like. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to keep giving you the kind of content that you want. I'm going to be giving you content that is um, hypey and controversial and polarizing and voyeuristic because I'm just going to give you, you, what, you know, the views is the feedback, isn't it? The shares is the feedback. All right, number five then. Sorry, I get on my high horse here, but it's important. You know, but sometimes, sometimes people say, well, I want this and I want this and I want this. Well, my data shows otherwise. You've got to show me what you want, not tell me what you want. Contextualization, if that's a word. Is contextualization a word? I think you've got to contextualize what you're scared of. You've got to contextualize where you feel um, you need bravery and courage and reframe it. Like I said, there are people who've died in wars. Our grandparents have died for us. There are people who have risked their life. I mean, Pablo Escobar's first son, Juan Pablo, was summoned by the Cali cartel to have a meeting when he was 16 years old and um, that... They were planning to assassinate him. And he said, you know, when you get called by the Cali cartel, not only do you know you're going to die, but you know you're not just going to get a bullet in the head because that is not how they kill you. And he went anyway. And he had one plan, the only thing he thought he could do to survive. And he was 16 years old. Now that is bravery and that is courage. But putting a, a post on social media or calling someone up or, you know, editing your book or doing something that you really don't want to do or that you feel hard or... Uh, or you might be judged for. So contextualize your problem. I always say to myself when I get a bit uh, whingy, whiny, weak, wimpy, or, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm moaning to myself about my problems, I always like to use the phrase, phrase Rob, it's a first world problem. Rob, it's a first world problem. Rob, it's a first world problem. Problems with insurance, problems with um, supercars breaking down. It's a first world problem. It's not a developing world problem. Got to contextualize it and not 
you know, live in this fantasy world and have my head in the clouds. So anytime you have a big challenge or problem, just contextualize it, you know, minimize the, um, or at least put into a context and relevance the severity of the situation, i.e. it's not as bad as you thought it was. Number six then on ways to be courageous and brave in business and life is getting accountability. At the end of the day, if you have costs of not doing it and consequences of not doing it, you will get it done. You know, like deadlines that you did. Did you ever do any all-nighters at school or university? Because if you missed that deadline, you didn't get your degree or your grades. Have you got a business partner you're accountable, clients you're accountable to, deadlines that you publicize, challenges, competitions, bets, you name it. You get accountable, it gets done. You don't, it probably doesn't. But what a lot of people are doing, they're avoiding accountability so then they can avoid responsibility. But if you create accountability, that will create responsibility. And um, there's loads of ways you can do that. Like I said, you can put public declarations on social media. You can have a challenge or a competition with someone. You can um, say, I'm going to give a thousand pounds to my biggest competitor unless I get this result or get it done. You can um, be accountable to someone else, like you're accountable to a publisher for a publishing date or a business partner, you know, for um, management accounts and profit and loss and um, fiscal responsibilities of a company. And then finally, number seven on seven ways to be more brave and courageous is have a great support network. At the end of the day, the people around you will lift you up or drag you down uh, and they will give you energy or take it away. They are radiators or they are drains. Um, And you can lean on them or they will lean on you or push you away. So when you've got good mentors, good coaches, you know, good peers, you've got accountability, you've got support, you've got challenge when you need it and you've got support when you need it because you need both equally, then I think you're going to step up. You'll want to inspire them. You want to repay the faith in them. You know, the energy will um, transmute onto you and will lift you up and you will puff your chest out in a non-cocky way. So yeah, um, let me summarize those for you then. Seven ways to be more brave and courageous in business. And if you found this useful, please do share it because look, we're all putting stuff off, let's be honest. We're all procrastinating. The worst kind of procrastination is active procrastination, which is when you're pretending to be busy and you're being busy doing nothing important just to appease your feeling of busyness So then you don't have to face your own fears of actually, do you know what? Honestly, I got fuck all done today. So that is the worst kind of procrastination. At least when you're properly procrastinating. I'm procrastinating and loving it. I'm doing nothing and loving it. At least you're honest about that. Man, that active procrastination. You have to be careful of that one. All right, summarize then. So um, seven ways to be more brave and courageous in business. Number one, what's the worst that can happen? Get that sorted and you'll be fine. Number two, imagine how you'll feel afterwards. And then um, go and get that thing done and then bask in that feeling. And then that will compound that momentum. And then you'll sort of get addicted to that after feeling. Number three, just commit to it and get it done. Because when you make a promise to yourself and you get it done, your self-worth goes up. When you make a promise to yourself and you don't get it done, your self-worth goes down. But if you make a promise to yourself, you'll probably live up to yourself because it's kind of hard not to. Um, Don't overthink anything. Three second rule, procrastination, procrastination, go get it done. Procrastination, procrastination, go and get it done. Hit the live button, pick up the phone. Um, uh, you know, make that hard call or that conversation, book that difficult meeting, don't put it off. Um, Number four is not worrying about what people think about you. This is huge. Uh, And if you can let go of what people think about you, don't get too addicted to the praise, don't get too um, addicted to the the pain and the criticism, because they're both addictive, by the way. And then that'll give you balance and context and you'll just do the right thing rather than posturizing yourself about what everyone else wants you to do and bending over to everyone else's desires because you're trying to please everyone. Um, Number five, contextualize it. First world problem, you're not in a war. You're not dying for your country or dying for your family. 
Um, and that'll just help you, you know, get over yourself a bit, I suppose, and not put yourself into victim mentality or, you know, get out of that feeling of freeze or fear. Number six is accountability, a bet, a challenge, mentorship, masterminding, investing in your education, um, public declarations, so that you know what, um, you've got, basically accountability is pain of not getting it done. And the more pain of not getting it done, the more likely you are to get it done. So I'm gonna be in your face if you don't get it done. And then number seven, having a great support network, people to let down, people to live up to, people to impress in a kind of a non-vacuous or showy kind of way. Um, you know, people that um, you want to reciprocate uh, adding value to. Um, people that will challenge you when you need it and just pull you down a peg. And then people that will support you when you need it and just lift you up a peg. Um, at the energy, the enthusiasm, the, the drive, the radiance, the togetherness, the community. Um, all of these feelings come from a great support network. And a lot of people have said to me over the lockdown, Rob, I feel really lonely. Uh, you know, there's a lot of critics out there. There's a load of negativity. Well, I hear you and I feel you. And I got this realization, you know, maybe about um, 18 months ago when I was actually feeling the same, probably one of the worst feelings of loneliness surrounded by people. Because you can feel very lonely and misunderstood, surrounded by people. Don't get me wrong. It's not just about not being around people. It's about that feeling of being noticed, valued, respected, um, the camaraderie, the togetherness, the energy. Um, and, and you can be around a lot of people and, and not have that. But one realization I had is it's no one else's responsibility to come and save me. I've got to, if I haven't got the right network, I've got to go and find it. If I've got the wrong people in the, in the network, I've got to politely move away from them, politely, quietly move away. It's my responsibility. Who's in my network? No one else's. And that's, again, why hardcore accountability is great. So, um, you know, when you practice bravery and you practice being more courageous, because it is a practice, um, what you find is the harder things become normal. You know, what was hard a few years ago is easy now. You know, martial arts, um, you know, the conditioning of your bones and your muscles and your flexibility. You couldn't even touch your knees two years ago. And now you can put your hands on the floor with straight legs or, um, you know, you couldn't even um, you, 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 you can do the splits um, and, and just it feels normal because what was hard becomes normal when you practice moving through it. It's like a muscle. You can train bravery and courage. And remember, all hard things all pain in, on an emotional level is simply feedback to your environment uh, and it's the feedback that uh, you need to grow. Um, pain is a survival instinct. Um, it helps with evolution and survival um, and basically it's feedback for growth to transcend that pain. Um, so just see it as feedback. Cool, I hope you found this useful. Please share it around. If you're watching on the live video, just hit the share button. If you're listening to the podcast, you can share. Um, a link to my podcast on your social media. People are always asking me, hey, Rob, you give lots of value. What can I do for you? I don't really ask for anything. Um, but if I were to ask, it would probably be, um, if there's content of mine that you like, please share it. If you get a chance to review my podcast on my Facebook page or any of my books, please do. That would mean a lot to me because that just helps me get my message out to more people. I love you all. Step up. Be brave, be courageous, but contextualize it. We are not our grandfathers fighting for survival, uh, you know, for our country and our grandchildren. Um, and, you know, sometimes your problems aren't as big as you think they are. And you can get very much inside your head and make them bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in your head, which is why I love the three second rule, which is why I love getting hard things done early and fast. Because overthinking, man, that is a curse that we need to probably pattern interrupt. You know, there's a lot of people who are procrastinators, overanalyzers, overthinkers, overworriers. 
They say, don't they, 90, 95, 99% even of the things you worry about never actually come true. Um, and I've had a few big challenges in the last 18 months and how I perceive them in my head, they were nowhere near as bad as I perceived them and that was good feedback for me for next time when I have my next challenge. Thanks for tuning in. Love you all. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk it.